It's a bitch hunt. 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 seeing this rise in YouTube videos from GQ that are actors talking about their most iconic roles. Oh man, yes. So uh, for the sake of this episode, yes. <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw this really, really good one recently that was uh, it was like a professional climber breaks down climbing scenes. Like there's ones th- like of that variety too that are like people who are experts in x field look at depictions of it in movies and yeah it's actually a really neat idea yeah their accuracy and stuff i saw that climbing one too and it was dope because they talked about the mission impossible 2 climbing scene yeah that's what that's what wrote me absolutely iconic but anyway um there's one for nicholas cage and wow he's a good actor it was a really gripping video because he takes all of his roles apparently incredibly seriously. Like that even the it. most ridiculous ones. He was talking about like how he wanted to inject German it, <laughs> impressionistic vibes into them, and like <laughs> he he's very much a tinkerer, and uh-huh. he's all about the craft. That's fascinating because the I think the long-standing kind of preconception about Nicolas Cage at this point in his career is that he just takes any role yeah. that's given to him. People are like, oh, he doesn't give a shit. He's just doing this to pay for that dinosaur bone he bought. But- <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably the best reason to get back into acting, if you ask me. Honestly, though, if you're like really good at acting and you have a massive ego, like I feel like if I were in that situation and an like a director called me up like that I knew was a massive hack and this idea was a piece of shit, I would be like, I'm gonna make this gold. You know, like it would be like this big challenge to act so good in it that this movie that should by all rights get a thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes could get like a, a fifty on Rotten Tomatoes instead, you know? Or even a or even a thirty one. <laughs> no, yeah. there there are all there are all sorts of movies out there, just terrible movies. I watch a lot of bad movies. I'm not gonna I'm just gonna be upfront about that. And not in all of those movies, but in many of those movies, Nick there's Cage at least one them. performance. There's there's Nick Cage yeah, no, <laughs> giving the performance I, of a lifetime. And I'm a sucker for a good performance, too. Like, I oh, will absolutely. almost always find the movie worth watching if one person is just fucking going all out. It's like when you watch, uh, you know, a Little League game and there's that one kid who's just 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 laying out for everything, you know? Who's just, like, already six feet tall. <laughs> yeah, and the, yeah. the thing is with Nick Cage, he's in a lot of bad movies, and sometimes his performance is, like, pretty much unwatchable. True. But he's always going all out. He and is. And that, that's really, that's really, a, that's, a, that's a great point. Like, you can, you never watch a Nick Cage movie and, and think that he's phoning it in. If anything, he is a man who falls into the classic trap of caring too much. Do you think he ad-libbed that line in The Rock where he says, What in the name of Zeus's butthole is going on? (laughs) I do. I do think he made that up. And that's the brilliance of Nick Cage. 
He can pull zingers like that out of nowhere. You know that movie where he famously goes, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire. (laughs) Yes, I do know that movie. I I think I've seen a super cut with that in it. He said in this GQ interview that that is his most favorite performance he's ever done. (laughs) And he said that it was. what movie was that? It's called like The Vampire's Kiss or something. I've never seen it. (laughs) But... But people know it as a joke, and he loves it because he just saw it as like a a space where he could experiment and be weird and really like come into his acting skin. So sure, sure. I, I feel mean, like if is... yeah, like if Stanley Kubrick was directing everything Nick Cage was in, like all those movies would be amazing. I bet. Well, I mean, the, I think the thing that's forgotten is that Nick Cage especially early in his career, was in a lot of great movies and put in a lot of fantastic performances. Mm. Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona. One of my favorite the, films of all time. Being the creme de la creme of all of them. It's also one of my one of my personal favorites and just a, a phenomenal performance from Nick Cage. Was he, was he also in Earth Girls Are Easy or was that only Jim Carrey? I have no that, clue. I feel I'm like Jim, sure. Jim Carrey has had a similar uh, trajectory as Nick yeah. Cage. Yeah. So I, I sometimes get them mixed up. I wonder if they've actually been in a movie together. That would be an interesting thing. It'd be like almost too much acting in one movie. Well, luckily, Jim- I'm going first this week. So, <laughs> oh boy. Are you about before to you guys that? snatch that up? Before you guys snatch that up, it's mine. Because, all right. Yeah, take uh, off, Will. Run with I it. I guess that kind of exposes me as that I didn't prepare at all for this one. No. Well, I, you did, though. I mean, I don't think anyone's ever gotten that impression. Okay. And they never will. <laughs> All right. I was about to make a really big uh, admission, but I, you saved me. Anyway, so <laughs> Nick Cage, that's what we're, oh, that's what we're doing this week, by the way. Yeah. If you guys haven't caught on, we're doing Nick Cage movies. <clears throat> we're going to bring man, him back to glory. Yeah. Not that he's ever really been out of glory. Gonna, he's, yeah, been his, he's been in his, his own personal glory for a long time, but... Let's bring him back to the the public eye in a favorable light in right. a non national treasure role. That's I'm gonna lay that down. Oh as a shoot! Role. Okay, well I guess I have to come up with a different idea now. Okay. <laughs> save that for the save that for the like yeah. unnecessary sequels for the episode. for the remake episode. <laughs> let's not let's not relitigate this. Will <laughs> we don't have time. <laughs> All right, so it's a starry night in the year 1973. The road is open. There's nary a car to be seen. And a lone figure trudges down from the distance. We got a long shot, and there's just this, this figure kind of moving closer and closer and closer. Think the beginning of like any Monty Python episode, you know? Of course. It's the It's Man, except uh-huh. it's way mm-hmm. darker than that, you know? And he Crickets. doesn't have a giant beard, or does he have a giant beard? He That's is important. a total silhouette at this point, okay. but he's limping. He's limping, mm, Jacob. And there's... Because his beard, his beard is so long that it's dangling <laughs> up his feet? No, 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 no. He's just, he's obviously a little injured and there's rags kind of uh, drifting off of him. Mm, mm. After a beat, you hear a coyote howling oh, in wow. the distance. I love this mood. Oh, 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 oh. And then, all of a sudden, the road lights up 
and there's a of like uh you know like a single uh big strike on the orchestra and the the the, the road lights up with headlights and a uh, and a uh, a car just just drives in uh right up next to this guy and you get the kind of view out the he's he's driving in the same direction as this guy and you get the view out the window as this guy is is limping along can we see who and this actor is now you, you can't see who this actor is you can't can I, can and I you guess can't who it is? and you can't see who the driver of the car is but you get your the the camera is now kind of in the passenger seat of the car looking out the side of the window to the side of the road where this this hobbled figure is is hobbling along and then iconically in a in a in a line that will be repeated from now until eternity in the the annals of movie history. Can you say that move that that word once more, Will? In the annals of is, movie is that history. a callback to what in the Zeus's butthole? <laughs> or do you just not know how to say annals? <laughs> Guys, you're ruining the mood. Sorry, sorry. This is the most evocative you, uh, intro to one of your pitches that you've ever had, Will. You hear a, you hear a single voice saying, Need a ride, strange man? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, and then, and then there's like, there's kind of the, the there's the, the man kind of turns and exposes, there's long, long, greasy hair kind of coming down. Oh, yeah. And, and he, he, he turns and it's Nick Cage and he Beautiful. says, No way. Fuck yeah, stranger. <laughs> and then so, boom, there's a big title, title, title scene that just pops up. Big title card. And the title card says, Hitchhiker. Yeah. Can we get some like serious heavy metal music playing right now? I was now? thinking like uh, like more stranger things, like beep boops, you know. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm feeling... What you're doing doesn't sound that much like Stranger Things to me, but I like it. It's it's higher. I think you <laughs> I think you've captured the essence of Stranger Things. You're I'm now prepared after hearing that for not the the hitchhiker buddy uh buddy comedy or buddy action movie that I thought I was going to get, but now for like a hitchhiker serial killer thriller. Yeah. So just just be aware of that. I that's what I'm prepared for too, but I'm prepared for both of them being serial killers, which is very interesting. Oh, yeah. So uh then <laughs> Fuck. Okay, okay. I got I got to get my mojo going here. Yeah, again, re- right. recapture that momentum. Whew. All right. Sorry. All right. Um so uh now we need to find a way to like dramatically open this again because we've just had our title scene right maybe there's sort of a shining-esque like aerial shot of the car kind of weaving through the the wilderness you know sure um and then and then there and then after the title scene it just shows like sort of dashboard camera angle of the car yeah and the two passengers are jim carrey and Nick Cage, beautiful. That was that, that was supposed to be that was supposed to be a real surprise. But I guess we were just talking about <laughs> yeah. how, how yeah. I was going to do Jim Carrey and Nick I'm Cage. St- I'm still shook. <laughs> I was so stunned that I was like uh, inversely stunned, and therefore not surprised at all. So 
here's where um the tonal shift like i i feel like i'm gonna disappoint you here a little bit but this movie has a director that i've got in mind and that director that director is not john woo it's not james wan it's not any jw at all it's actually an rl rl stein <laughs> or is it Ron Livingston? Here's the thing. You guys are really trying trying to go creepy on me, but it's going to be directed by Richard Linklater. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. And the and the reason why I've picked Richard for this this huge, I mean just like uh tour de force of a film. Of course. Is because he is kind of the master of just kind of letting the camera roll you know and just letting his letting his actors do their things you know yeah or is he the master of making the audience think that that's what hap- what's happening <laughs> that he's that is what he's the master of because every moment in his films is actually scripted <laughs> <laughs> unlike most directors <laughs> so rely on quick cuts and just catching the actors in their natural there will be i mean there will be cuts in this film it's this isn't going to be like a corone thing where there's just nothing no nary a cut but there's going to be it's going to be a very slow boiling movie because there's going to be a huge amount of dialogue the primary uh there's primarily going to be just two cameras basically one on the dash and one or maybe two kind of like side angles of the of our two uh masterful uh, both going to be they're going to be two of the five best actor um, <laughs> roles in the in the coming Oscars. This you know, what you, a- you know what you could do. Well, what could I do? Uh, never mind. I, I don't know if they can both be leading actors, though, is the problem. I was going to say you could have them each play a, a few different characters. And so they could lock up all the nominations <laughs> between the two of them. <laughs> but you, I know you don't like that. I didn't. <laughs> I, I did not pick Eddie Murphy for that reason. Bummer. But anyway. Real bummer. Uh, there's going to be a lot of dialogue. It's going to be pretty loose. <laughs> Almost as if I've run out of steam for what I'm pitching. I no, I, I that for a I really like this idea, though, because I think a movie with the two of them riffing would be incredibly interesting. There's going to be a lot of riffing, but I think that um, there's going to be some tension uh, because Jim Carrey is really, really trying to figure out what the what in the ding dang heck Nick Cage was doing out in the road, yeah, but Nick Cage is extreme, extremely extremely elusive about this. He's he's not really telling him very much. He's just kind of like, I was out on the road. The road keeps many secrets, you know. Hashtag facts. Yeah. <laughs> but then also like. Nick Cage has a bit of a conversational agenda too. He's really trying to figure out what like where Jim Carrey is going and and he's he's probing. He's being like a little bit you, you can tell that there's something a little bit off with him like he like the first question he asks is like do you like Fruit Loops? And that just like that just like fucking like that That's, throws that throws Jim Carrey way the fuck off. He's like it, it threw me way the fuck off too. <laughs> I, I don't know why you guys are so thrown off by that. That's like my number one icebreaker in any conversation. Well, I That's think part why of no what one also... likes hitchhiking with you, Jacob. 
that's part of uh, that's part of also part of also what throws uh jim carrey off about this is nick cage like makes his eyes super wide as he's saying this he's like and he's like and he's also kind of like uh shaking his head up and down kind of like say yes god damn it he's like do you like fruit loops jim, jim carrey's like whoa what uh uh, I mean, yeah, I, I I like them. He's like, what do you like about Fruit Loops? And Jim Carrey's like, I like how it makes the milk taste afterwards. You know, See, I don't. I have a hard time seeing how this car ride would last much beyond that. Like that exact scene, somebody in a crazed way asking if you like Fruit Loops. Clearly, Jim Carrey is not comfortable well, with so it. Well, so Jim Carrey... You gotta he, believe he, that Nick Cage is pretty stinky if he's got long, greasy hair and he's been walking down the road. These, what, are, all, these are all questions <laughs> that I have, Will. There are some he things also that pulled up and called him Strange Man. <laughs> <laughs> there's true. Some things, there's Guess some Jim things, Carrey's into that. There's some, well, I needed to make it iconic, right? If he had said Stranger, that wouldn't be very iconic. Strange Man makes it super iconic. Plus, it's uh, the name they, of they a very, very. Did that though. It's a, well, this is the thing: is <laughs> is we we have best original song in the bag already. It's awesome, true. but awesome. It, <laughs> <laughs> the lyrics won't really make sense for this movie, but <laughs> unless Jim Carrey is washing his clothes in his car as he drives by. <laughs> No, what I was saying is there's some things that keep there's like almost this crazy tension that strangely keeps the the car ride in in a state of equilibrium where like Jim Carrey is just a dang dang curious about what where like what what is going on with Nick Cage. Why is he so Nick Cage is also like. What? Why is he so ding dang curious, though? I think he's a serial killer. I think he wants to slice off those greasy locks. But what type of cereal is he killing? Is it the Fruit Loops? Fruit Loops. <laughs> well, apparently not Fruit Loops because he was taken aback by that question, or maybe he was taken aback by that question because he has an entire trunk full of Fruit Loops <laughs> and he's not sure what. And they're all stale. They're all fucking stale. Oh my god! See, you guys are already brimming with questions. This is the reason wh- why this is such a compelling pitch, right? Like, it, it, it doesn't have the traditional ingredients of uh, of a normal pitch, you know, as in like, like a, a discernible fruit, plot, fruit loops. Um, or like a, a, really a reason for the movie to exist, other than to just like fill your head with all of these nagging questions, like why do you ask about Fruit Loops? And also yeah, bring two it. titans together for the first time. And bringing two titans together for the first time. Well, in three titans a, in, in Linky. Yeah, uh, in Linky. Jim Carrey and uh, our, our good friend Nick Cage, of course. But I think that, you know, the tension is going to rise and, and there's also going to be like little bits of um, details that get revealed as the movie goes on. Like we, we realize like, like halfway during the movie, like Nicolas Cage is like, I got to scratch my ass one second. And he like leans over to scratch his ass, like get a, get a nice, nice firm scratch on his ass. And then like, as his, his sort of tattered shawl kind of shifts a little bit and you see this like crazy, like satanic tattoo on, on his left ass cheek. And, and people are like, and and, Jim, and then, and then there's like this crazy like flashback How? where, He's really going for that. I was that gonna stretch. say, like, how physically is that possible that you could get so deep in your ass scratching that you'd expose one of your cheeks? 
Well, there's there's like there's like five beats to this ass scratch. Like 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 <laughs> Jim Carrey like like rubs his his eyes like trying to he can't believe what he just saw and he, like he, he like leans a little bit closer while Stra- still trying to keep control of the car you know and he's like is that is that the, is that what I think it is like to himself so that Nick Cage can't hear him you know I think and we should he we leans should in have... so close that he gets pink eye and then, <laughs> and, then, and then Nick Cage is like oh man this is like really uh, I, I I had some really spicy food last night so this is really some serious uh anal uh, displeasure that i got right here you know so so he's like he's like really reaching this in is there, one but of then, the anals of history right here <laughs> <laughs> so then you know so then jim carrey's like oh fuck this is like there's a satanic tattoo going on you know that and that and then there's like some serious string music going on like he has this flashback and and remembers there were like kids who bullied him as a child who had also had this satanic tattoo so it's like oh <laughs> shit maybe we have a bully on our hands you know where the hell did he go to school that the bullies had satanic tattoos yeah like at what age do people normally get tattoos i feel like it's, uh, it's I not he, I don't think he can until you're at least 16 if he not went, 18 he went to school in prison that explains a lot that i got my first tattoo in prison school <laughs> <laughs> so then um yeah and then you know maybe nick cage also learns a little bit uh, more about jc like he's he he realizes i mean first he, he knows that why he likes fruit loops but also he like learns that um like he like at one point opens up the the glove box and jim carrey's like no don't open that up and then he like sees a gun in the glove box and he, glove box and he's like <laughs> Ah, you're you're packing heat, I see. But then he sees beneath the gun, there's some like there's just a, a stack of Fruit Loops that are that are rolling out of the glove box. He's <laughs> like, you there's told a me slightly bigger gun. <laughs> <laughs> you told you told me you liked Fruit Loops, but not that much. So there's like a lot of mutual distrust, but there's also a lot of mutual, um you know curiosity and also they kind sure. of rely on one another i mean i guess jim carrey doesn't really rely on nick cage but he does in a way does he like wring out his hair and use the grease to run his car <laughs> that's a stupid idea jacob <laughs> uh, i think it's a great idea but what does so, it all build to will is there a conclusion or do you just get these little tidbits of information and questions you get some you get some tidbits of information and some questions but i think it eventually leads to like some crazy conclusion where <laughs> it turns out that jim carrey is a murderer on the lamb and he murdered nick cage's second cousin and Nick Cage owes really the hated. second cousin a lot oh. of money, but also it's like bad that the second cousin was murdered. So he's like, got to kill Jim Carrey. There's going to be some crazy shit. You guys just have uh, to wait for the movie to come out. So that's quite lucky that the guy he needed to kill picked him up while he was not even trying to hitchhike. <laughs> there, it's it's gonna be wild man just keep 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 out keep an eye out for it in 2022 that can't when wait. it comes out yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna put myself in a medically induced coma so that 2022 <laughs> comes sooner and i can see that movie 
that's that's how you do it. Well, that Guy, was excellent. I, Let's. That was Will. Dare I say iconic? I'm going to drive over to Richard Linklater's house right now and hand him this pitch. Shake him from his sleep. He right, sleeps okay. really early. First off, let's ship that. Second off, Luke, do you want to tell the story of when you met Li- Richard Linklater? I didn't meet Richard Linklater, so... What? Wow, some I thought you story. went to like I thought you went to some kind of film thing where Richard Linklater was. Yeah, he he gave a talk back, but I was just in attendance. That counts. That counts as meeting him. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's in the same I room th- as him. I say that I tell everybody that I've met Russell Westbrook. Just because he went to a basketball game where he played. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. I was in then the same. Yeah. I was in the same building as him at the same time. That's what meeting people means, isn't it? That was a good month for me then, because I met Michelle Obama too. Man, yeah, uh, I was outside at the same time. A lot of famous people were outside. Does that count? No, because you weren't inside the same building. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, unless unless there's like a, a wall. If if Trumpy ever gets his stupid wall built, then the entire then United we've met States everyone. In the we'll United count States. As, yeah, and we'll count as one giant building with no roof. And so you will have met everybody in the United States. So I guess if he gets it built on the southern border, we got a petition for him to also build it on the northern border, just so that we can say we've met everybody in the United States. I guess right. at that and, point, it'll be a sad day because the term bacon number won't mean anything anymore. Does, yeah. that, mean, does that mean something now? Our bacon oh, numbers will all bacon be one number. at that point. Uh, I see. My bacon number is actually three, so yours is at least be, four. I think that would be a beautiful thing, actually, if everybody was brought together into the the web of Kevin Bacon. I Isn't agree. that one of the goals of society? It is. All of us to get a little closer to Kevin Bacon. Which, Kevin Bacon will also be in his in my movie. He'll be in the trunk <laughs> with all those Fruit Loops. <laughs> yeah, he'll just be eating Fruit Loops in the trunk. <laughs> And, and, trunk, and, and at the end of the movie, they'll open the trunk and he'll just be there just midway through like a bowl of Fruit Loops with milk in it inexplicably. And he'll just, and he'll and weigh he'll just like open 500 his, pounds. Yeah. And he'll just open his mouth and be like, hey, guys. And then that'll be the end of it. Totally ripping off the ending of uh, the great classic chase. film, The Great Chase. Yeah. But I'll let it slide. Uh, All right. Who's going next? I'll go if you don't mind, Jacob. I don't mind, no. Go right ahead. <sighs> so we have uh, Nick Cage fella, right? Yeah. Right. He's just He's kind an of an ordinary man. He's single. He works a lot. And he's a bioengineer. Okay. Ah. One night, he's leaving work pretty late, shuffling through the streets of some unnamed city. And he's, he's taking a shortcut through a kind of dark, grimy back alley. And suddenly he's jumped by a gang of masked thugs. Oh, no. And they, they just beat the crap out of him. Like, he's, he's hanging on by a thread, right? His what in the pulse, Ze- name of Zeus's butthole happens next? Well, his pulse starts to fade. His vision goes dark. And you think, oh man, is this going to be a Nick Cage movie where he dies within the first three minutes of this film? That would be a total cop out, Luke. And then this comes is, back as Ghost Rider. This isn't just technically and you know a what? Nick Cage movie. I'm That's pitching a, a short a film. vehicle for your passion project. I'm pitching a three minute short film and he just dies. And that's it. Oh wow. man. 
That moved me nearly You'd to the point to of really tears. You'd have to really commit nah, to that. Just, I'm just joking. Oh, okay. oh you're joshing us? So, <laughs> as There's a little humor in this podcast. <laughs> this bitch is As the darkness overtakes Nick Cage, suddenly a series of images flash before him. There's like a pigeon in a parked car. Um, oh, man. There's a ball rolling through a street. Uh-huh. There's oh. a hot dog cart rolling into traffic. Ah! There are some newlyweds dancing on a park bench. Ah! Ooh, and then the bench? last one is an old man being shot in the head through a window. Oh, jeez. Well, that's a real buzzkill. And that kind of jarring image wakes him up. Yeah. And it's morning time, and he's still in that alley. And he kind of picks himself up and limps Does home. He have- he has the shit beaten out of him. Though. It wasn't all a dream or anything. No, he's he's severely kicked in the booty. Does he seek medical attention? He doesn't. Um, he actually kind of uses some of his bioengineering know-how to, to fix him up. Like, oh. he does a little bit of augmentation. So he's a RoboCop now. Yeah, but, but he, he's not a cop. He's just a robo-bioengineer. Which... And, yeah. It has a bit of a ring to it, actually. <laughs> he's not, like, full cyborg, really. He's just a normal man with a couple of, like, little knickknacks here and there to, to heal him up in the short term. Does he have patty wax as well? But anyway, he... <laughs> 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 he's got the knickknacks. He's got the patty wax. What how more could you little, want? How about his little doggy? He's got that, too. <laughs> does that does that doggy have a bone, Will? <laughs> He's talking about his penis, Luke, just in case you didn't know. In that case, yes, the doggy has a bone and it's wagging furiously. <laughs> so, okay, uh, so you should definitely seek medical attention at that point. If it lasts for more than four hours. It's, it's, right. been, it's been wagging for a fortnight. Oh, my God. <laughs> so can you, can you in, all, in all seriousness, let's, let's bring this back. Serious podcast now. Serious. What kind of augmentations do we know as an audience? What kind of augmentations... He, he's granted himself yeah they're just like kind of high-tech bandage looking things it's nothing like too extreme he's not so like he doesn't have abilities he doesn't have like robo legs no nothing crazy okay. this um, doesn't have a full robotic exoskeleton at this point no but but we you're, get you're like starting to lose we get me, little Luke. little glimmers of his brilliance as he okay. patches himself up okay um and then he goes out and he sees a ball rolling through the street. <gasps> Just like, like in, in his, his vision. vision. He sees... I think I said, like, a, a pigeon trapped in a car. Is that, is that something correct? about a pigeon, yeah. He sees that, <laughs> Okay, if that's what I said. Um, uh, I think you said pigeon inside of a car, like a pigeon driving a car or something. Yeah, no, that's what it's, I, that's it, what I <laughs> took away from that, too. Okay, he sees that. Uh, he sees he sees some some newlyweds dancing on a bench oh man seriously if it were me in this situation i would get like deja vu so hard it would like you know when you get that horrible deja vu and you just want to like go home and like take a bath or something because it's so bad you know it just like floors you for the rest of the day or you you just kind of feel like you need to like start over well He's he starts thinking now like these things are exactly as I saw them. He goes to work. Um, Is he not worried about the fact that an old man's about to be shot in the head? Well, he goes to work and he keeps thinking on that image. Okay. 
And what he realizes is that he recognizes that man. And that man is an older version of himself. Oh, my, oh God. my God! And what he realizes <laughs> is that he now knows the exact moment of his death. Is he holding up, like, a newspaper? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. No, but, but he knows, like, it's it's decades later, right? He's a very yeah. old man who okay. gets shot in the head. Uh, okay. So he can just go ham now. So he can go ham now. And he's motivated Ooh. to because he was just beat up by a gang of thugs. Is he going to go for redemption? He's going to go for redemption. And Is he going to turn into a masked vigilante? He becomes a massive vigilante. <laughs> oh, and, I like the massive ones. And at this point, he realizes, hey, I can do some more bioengineering and make myself a fucking cyborg, man. Nice. Nice. And as that realization pops into his head, title card flashes. This movie's called Death Clock. Oh! <laughs> yeah! That <laughs> is. Let me oh, go burn. You know, bon. when that happens. Bong. Ooh, yeah, that would be bon. good. Like some grandfather clocks. Yeah. That would be that'd be a kick-ass score. They, I, haven't, I don't think they've done grandfather clocks very much in scores. Underutilized instrument. Anyway, Absolutely. go on. Yeah, the, the entire score is going to be done on grandfather clock chimes. From no, beginning is, to to end, but just the ones incredible. that goes dun 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 dun. Yeah. So here's the thing: we get a montage, right, of him building and testing different advancements for his body. Right on. Um, different weaponry, and then we get just, oh, a on. montage of him being a total badass, hunting down evildoers and criminals and yes. you know wow. telling them what's up with his superior cyborg body wait so you're saying that there are going to be two separate montages that happen back to back yeah or that they could happen fucking they could badass, happen concurrently dude. in a I, yeah screen. i guess they'll be they'll be cut back and forth between dude, the those first, two things the, the first ever back to back montage <laughs> that would be sh- that that would blow my fucking mind dude you there could that. be like i could keep going i could add a third montage montage the movie <laughs> i think it i exactly was exactly what i was about to say well i think the rest of the movie up until the moment of his death should just be a back to back action packed montage we got to save that there will also be that. a montage of him saying various one liners before he uh, Lands the kill punch. <laughs> Can one of them be right in the Zeus's butthole? <laughs> yeah, maybe he should reuse all of his past one-liners. Yeah. No, I think that's a great idea. Now you're going to sh- be a vampire, vampire, vampire. <laughs> Watch um, out for the bees, not the bees! <laughs> Is that Wicker Man? I think. Yeah. Anyway, go on, Luke. But there's another storyline here, and it's that he becomes just very withdrawn. He kind of stops showing up at work very regularly. Um, he eventually gets fired from his job. Oh, no. And he continues to work. He gets like a pretty generous stipend when he's let go. But, you know, that severance package can only last him so long. And Uh-oh. he loses his apartment. He kind of loses everything, and he's just driven nearly insane. 
by this need to kill. Jeez. Jeez. Yeah, it gets That's a dark. dark turn. This guy, it this gets real dark. Turning into a real anti-hero. For a movie called Death Clock, this is pretty dark. <laughs> I know. It sounds like it's going to be rainbows and sunshine. Yeah. I, as a, as a clock aficionado, and <laughs> so far, I'm... The amount of clock in this movie is really disappointing me compared to the amount of violence and darkness. It's, yeah, it's like six parts death for every one part clock. So he has to make his own, start up his own business to sustain his crimes or his vigilante spree, right? Yeah, sure. Um, and he basically starts like a mom and pop version of the biotech company that he just came from. The thing okay. is, though, How, over the uh, years, this his little mom and pop biotech company, it gets big. It gets successful. It, it starts to be the number one go-to biotech company that there is. Wow. And because of that... Does he, he take some people's milkshakes? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, but also, when he gets older... He's assassinated for this very reason. Uh, uh, self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Wow. So his vigilante path has led to his own death, even though he thought he was sort of immortal. Dude, Does it turn out that like he because of the stress of his jobs or his job, he starts smoking like six packs a day, and so he looks really old by the time he's like 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's only like two weeks later. <laughs> i like this a lot it's like both like a a cautionary tale self-fulfilling prophecy thing but it's also sort of like an epic you know like it he's he he, he goes he he turn he he sort of breaks bad you know he breaks bad and like i think that it would be great to explore you know as he starts making these moral compromises which is actually pretty early in the movie as it turns out but there needs to be like he needs to like take someone's milkshake whose milkshake really shouldn't have been taken, you know. And that's got to be the person who ends up killing. Exactly. <laughs> like there needs to be some crazy like rival biotech cartel. <laughs> yeah, I guess what <laughs> steps what in, was you know? missing was a build up of his work environment. I should have He should have been like a co-founder of that initial company. And then he has a business partner that he brutally fucks over. Yeah. And that business partner will be played by Jim Carrey. Ah. <laughs> and Jim Carrey's stunt double will be played by Kevin Bacon. Nice. Beautiful. You got it all. You got all the pieces. But if they win Best Actor for your movie and not my movie, yeah, I'm they're they're so gonna be all three of these films are gonna be released the same year. So twenty twenty two, as previously established. If if they don't Mark win your something, folks. The year of the cage and the carry. I mean, well, the, I sh- the academy is known for overlooking uh, middle-aged white men. So yeah. <laughs> true that man. <laughs> Got to get some representation. Talk about a, an oppressed class. I don't. I don't have any positive role models in society. No, no, or any representation in the media or anything. Not at all, man. So this this vigilante gone bad. It's the perfect one to look up to. I know. To. Just another reason to <laughs> ship off this film. <laughs> yeah, I, I ship that. That, that, that sure. was way more cohesive and, dare I say it, more compelling than mine. And I really went balls to the walls. So 
I, I could have used a few more montages, to be perfectly honest. But I could have used a, a yeah, few we, more one-liners. Yeah, we should have had, like, a, a few sex montages to spice it up. Between Jim Carrey and Nick Cage? Maybe. And sometimes with body double Kevin Bacon. Just for the butt shots, though. Right, Just for the right. butt shots. You gotta see Kevin's bacon sometime. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, right Jacob, you, what do you, you ready, got? Jacob? I'm ready, yeah. Um, so in traditional fashion, this is an idea that I came up with while I was falling asleep. Uh, and I came up with it like three days ago. And you forgot um, it? I did forget it. But <laughs> the, good thing, the good wait, thing wait, this wait. time... Does it have sex robots in it, Jacob? There are no sex robots in this movie. Okay. There are no robots of any kind, unless you consider, like, cars robots. I do. Okay, well, then there are some some robots and some sex robots. I'll Wait, leave people... that to your imagination. <laughs> well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, I'd rather not, to what be honest. What were you saying, Jacob, before I so rudely interrupted you? No, it's okay. It's okay. It was a question that need to be, needed to be asked, and you asked it, and we got to the bottom of it, and now we can move on. Um... So yeah, as I was saying, came up with this while I was falling asleep, and it was a great idea, and then I forgot it until last night, in the middle of my my work shift, uh, it came roaring back into my mind and gave me a huge boost. Um, so here goes. This is a movie that stars Nick Cage. Oh! Whew. That's right, guys. We're three for three. That sounds good. Let's ship that. All right. All right. This has been <laughs> Pitch Hunt. <laughs> uh, I can give you a little more. Yeah, so what Nick does Cage, little Nicky do? Nick Cage uh, famously spent a large sum of his his uh, considerable fortune on a private island in real life. Yeah. Um, and in this movie, uh, Nick Cage does not play himself, but he does play a rich man who, who uh, owns a private island. Nice, I love this already. Good, good. Can you relate to this, Will, as somebody yeah, whose family owns a, owns an island? <laughs> yeah. Will it be shot on Will's island? Yes. Ooh, yeah. Yes, it will. Shoot it on uh, my private island. Yes. Just, it'll just, be shot. There, there aren't going to be any pores in this movie, are there? Any pores? Any of those poor folk, right? Oh, no, 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 absolutely not. I thought okay. you meant like the pores in your skin. <laughs> <laughs> and there won't be any of those either. Nicholas no, Cage no. is just got the flawless skin. He's got flawless, flawless skin. Yeah. No we pores all know. Skin problems even in four K, even in eight K, no pores. <laughs> and that's because Nick Cage is a robot. Ah, oh, you misled us, Jacob. No, well, actually, yes, I misled you just then because Nick Cage is not a robot. <laughs> oh. Sorry, sorry, listeners. Uh, not this time. Maybe, maybe in the future. So Nick Cage is this, he's this eccentric rich man uh, who lives on a private island and he lives near this, uh, pretty near to a, a beach community. And he owns a lot of property there. He owns property in several cities. Uh, he, he lives, we'll say it's a, it's a, it's an island in the Mediterranean. So he's jetting around the Mediterranean to his various villas uh, across the world. Uh, I guess I should probably come up with a reason that he's fabulously wealthy. Yeah, I was just going to ask that. Um, he made some good investments. We'll just say that. He made some good investments early in his life. Uh, he may or may not be uh, associated with the mob. He's not. You know what? He's not. Does he build um, sex robots? 
maybe maybe in a past life. Who's to know? Uh, one thing's for sure, it won't be a plot point in the movie. Because I promise there are no <sighs> sex robots in this movie. You know that guy, uh, Richard Branson, who did like Virgin, Virgin? Mobile? Yeah. yeah. He seems like a Richard Branson type, you know? Because I He's think he has a bunch of private islands, too. Definitely. He's definitely a Richard Branson type. So, like he, a telecom mogul, or maybe. Sure, sure. Let's let's say he's a telecom mogul. It, it really doesn't matter how he made his fortune, though, because at this point, he's retired. He's living the life, and he's basically jetting around in his, you know, much like Richard Branson jets around in his, his private jets that I'll say virgin on the side. Uh, Nick Cage is jetting around from, from villa to villa. On his uh, on his jet that says sex robots. Sex does robots does he side. also have the feathery bleached blonde hair of Richard Branson? Yes, and the impeccably kept goatee of Richard Branson. Nice. Uh, yeah, Nick He's can rock look- a goatee. I bet. He, I'm sure he has. Uh, and if not, this will be the first time for him to show off his beard growing chops, which are an important skill for any actor. <laughs> Um, so we, we kind of come into this as, as Nick Cage is, you know, living the, living the wealthy retired playboy lifestyle. He's jetting around, uh, kind of being an asshole to everybody because that is his want. He, he sort of thinks he's better than everyone in a way that, that many, many eccentric billionaires do. He doesn't really understand how other people live their lives. Does he like yell at, yell at his waitress being like, why in the name of Zeus's butthole is my drink not full? That is the opening, yeah, that's the opening line of the opening scene. And she's like, it's because you're on a jet ski and you're 80 meters from shore. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are writing this movie for me. So, movie opens on Nick Cage and a jet ski. (laughs) That's his preferred mode of transportation when he's getting from his private island to the the nearby city where he has a villa. Uh, He flies his jet a lot, but in this case, he's on his jet ski. He's being a real asshole to this waitress. Uh, you know how it is. Uh, so we kind of follow him as he goes around. Uh, we get like you know these beautiful views of all these these swanky cities that he lives in, um, and then you know that goes on for a little while, and then uh, he goes back to his flies back to the the airport. He doesn't have an airport on his uh, private island, which is why he uses the jet ski. I'd just like to point out at this moment, Luke is eating peanut butter out of a jar with a spoon. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought he was doing too. <laughs> <laughs> it's not if peanut butter. If you thought that you could sneak that one by us, Luke, <laughs> no such luck. Uh, it's actually a jar butter, of cum. What is it? It's much less shameful. It's cookie well, butter. <laughs> <laughs> So Luke is is six years old. <laughs> this is what he eats for for dinner every day. Yeah, this is his dinner. That was his dinner right there. One heaping spoonful of cookie butter. Uh, Nick Nick Cage uh, in this film would never be caught dead eating cookie butter out of a jar with a spoon. Because <laughs> that's not something that uh, an eccentric billionaire would do. He would he be getting fed by someone else by like a exactly. fancy butler. A butler might be using like a, a gilded spoon to like wet his lips with cookie butter so he can lick <laughs> it off while he dropped grapes into his mouth. There would be gold and leaf caviar. in that cookie butter too. Yeah. Absolutely. That would be like straight up 24 karat cookie butter. Should probably be kind of gross. Uh, but 
back to the world of my film. <laughs> Nicholas Cage has landed his private jet in the in the village uh, near his private island. Goes down to the marina, gets on his jet ski, and uh, we realize pretty soon that he's had a he's had a, he's had a few too many to drink. He's you know he took those complimentary. I suppose probably everything on his private jet is complimentary because he owns it. But he had a, he had a few too many complimentary martinis on his flight back from uh, let's say Monaco. Sure, and he's he's. Uh, tipsy to drunk and he gets on this jet ski and he's swerving around and he's like doing donuts around fishing boats and just being his real asshole self goes back to his island or he he makes off towards his his island Uh, the Mediterranean Sea that day is a bit choppy Uh Mm. so being being, uh, inebriated as he is he's like oh man this is this is not such a bad thing uh, I'm on the jet ski and I'm gonna do some tricks. Oh, sounds pretty sick. It's pretty sick. Uh, we get a nice montage of Nicolas Cage. I'm assuming he does all of his own jet ski stunts. Just one uh, montage. So far, okay. just one montage. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna spoil my own pitch by saying that there will be at least one more montage in here. I have it <sighs> planned in my brain. Perfect. So we get the the jet ski trick montage, and then. Uh, he approaches the he approaches the island, and he's he's coming in a little hot. Uh oh! And he gets closer. Uh oh! And he's coming in real hot. Uh oh! Does and he, he slow down? Uh oh! Uh oh! And he doesn't slow down. Uh oh! No! What is he gonna do? Uh, is he gonna? Is, does he crash? He crashes. Oh, what? No. He crashes into his own island. But he's he, our unlikable hero. <laughs> he is. But worry not. This isn't the end of the story. He crashes. He goes flying through the air. He lands almost comically in a tree uh, and is quite unconscious. Oh, no. Um, Do images start to flash before his eyes? Images yes, but of not, the future. Not in a not in a montage way and not 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 uh not the, not of the future but of the past. Ooh. And ah. Is this like he, an Ebenezer, Ebenezer Scrooge situation? It's a little Ebenezer Scroogey. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's it's not un Ebenezer Scroogey. It's not directly Ebenezer Scroogey though, because he's not wearing a nightgown. There's no tasseled cap. And he's not going to be visited by literal ghosts. He's just going to be, he's going to, he's going to kind of go through a lot of memories. We're going to see, you know, the day. Humbug, he says Zeus's butthole. Zeus's butthole. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, he, he, we see these memories flash through his mind the day that he, he started as a, as a lowly mail room worker at the telecom company that he would uh, eventually go on to own how the, the boss that he had there was so kind to him. How all of his co-workers, despite his uh, Nick Cage-looking face, were very nice to him. Uh, and he was just kind of an asshole. Like, even from day one, oh, he, was, wow. he was raised in a... He was raised raised pretty wealthy, born into money. And so he, he had that kind of ruthless sensibility about him. He's like, I'm going to get a mailroom job at this telecommunications company. I'm going to work my way to the top. And once I, I do, everybody else can suck a fuck. I feel like he could be almost like maybe even literally played by Miles Teller, but like a Miles Teller from Whiplash kind of character who's just like 
yeah like cannot have real human relationships because he's so he's so ruthless motivated driven. by ambition yeah. right i you know what I, I actually like that casting choice so a young nick cage is going to be played by miles teller but with a, a lot of la, prosthetics on. exactly <laughs> a la joseph gordon levitt and looper yeah they're gonna uh, have to make miles a little less a little more handsome i guess <laughs> You're right. You're right. Uh, but there's some great makeup people out there, so they can make a, it happen. A, a little goatee as well. Yes. Yeah. Hey, have <laughs> that bleach, goatee. Bleach that hair. Just totally blonde. That's gonna happen like at some point during his rise. He's gonna start out with non-bleached hair, but then like he's gonna get a management position, and suddenly we're gonna have a dramatic scene of him bleaching his hair. Perfect. And then throwing the bleach out of the window, and that's how watching, it goes in real life. Watching, laughing as it splashes on onto somebody who then inadvertently has their hair bleached too, even though they didn't want it bleached, <laughs> even though they had really dark hair, so bleaching it just made it look orange. And we're just gonna watch as he looks out the window and laughs at this. So basically, you know, we're we're getting all these all these little vignettes from his his life uh, as a rich asshole, and then eventually he wakes up. And he's still uh, in the tree. He's still in the tree. Yeah, uh, it's clear that several days have passed, uh, probably more than several days. Uh, the way that we know that. There's a little bird nest on his head. Yes, there's a little bird nest on his head, and right as he opens up, the first little birdling hatches. <laughs> it, it starts. There's a bunch starts, of eggs in his mouth, and they just all hatch at the same time. Yeah, his mouth is full of twigs, and he, uh, yeah. <laughs> but he is now woken up with this this sense of regret, and so he doesn't do what he would have done in the past, which would be to immediately chomp down and destroy all these these bird's eggs and the and the twigs so he just kind of he patiently sits there and allows why why would he have done that in the past because because he was an asshole oh you see so i mean it's still pretty gross character development it's (laughs) gross but uh the things the links that you have to go to to be an asshole he's like willing to own himself to own other people exactly exactly okay Uh, as long as it means the pain and suffering of somebody else, he is definitely willing to take one for the team, so to speak. But not the new Nick Cage. The new Nick Cage is as gentle as a uh, as a as a spring hen, and so he lets these birds hatch, and he watches this beautiful metaphor as they, <laughs> I guess, grow up and said, leave the nest. Uh, they probably don't leave He's the nest right away. He's in he there vom- for a long time. Fortunately, he vomits it's- into their mouth. For them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he he accidentally yeah the the mother bird doesn't come back so it's an apple tree fortune no it's an olive tree because he's in the mediterranean oh, oh, yes. so he has stuff to eat um so he doesn't like die and, and the, the little fairly chicks often. imprint on him and think that he's their mother yes that's it that is that is what happens and then the sad day comes when they they have to leave the nest and they all fly away and he he cries a, a bitter tear but he then decides, you know, he's got to go back. He's got to, uh, he's got to right some of these wrongs. So his first order of business is he decides he, need, he wants to go back to this town and uh, apologize to the waitress that he uh, that he yelled at in the first scene of the movie, and be like, "I know that I said, uh, what in the name of Zeus's butthole are you doing?" <laughs> and uh, that was wrong of me. 
so he's planning this all as he gets back in his jet ski, which is miraculously still in working condition. <laughs> and he heads back to the villa, and he gets there, and the dock is emptier than usual. Ah. But he parks his jet ski, gets off on the pier, walks into town. There's a like a valet guy there at the dock that he usually sees. He's not there. Oh. Curious. Curious, curious. So he starts walking through the town, and uh, he realizes he's not seen anybody. Oh, no. Like, there are no cars out and about. This is usually a kind of a bustling tourist town. There are no tourists out and about. No nobody. This is some, this is some Twilight Zone shit going on here. Yeah, what's the beef? The beef will become clear in a moment. So he goes through the town. It's completely deserted. He can't find anybody anywhere. He goes to the restaurant. He leaves a note for the waitress. And he is like, I'm sorry that I said one in the name of Zeus's butthole. That's the last time that line is going to be used in this episode. <laughs> From now on, he's going to say Hera's urethra instead. <laughs> yes. That's, that's much better. Um, so he's like, okay, that's weird. This entire town has been abandoned in the, in the time since I... Uh, since I was last year. And so he goes to his private jet. His pilot's gone. Luckily, being a rich asshole, he's had time to get his pilot's license. So he was like, well, you know, this town's dead. Well, whatever. Uh, I still got other towns to go to, to and people to apologize to. Gets on his jet, flies there. Lo and behold, nobody in those towns either. I'm sensing a theme here. There seems to be a theme. Uh, that theme being, he can't find anybody. There aren't people anywhere. Um... And so, is it a big coordinated surprise party? Oh. You know what, Luke? You're actually pretty close. Ah. Uh, and I don't think there's really a super <laughs> graceful or expedient way to, to get to the rest of this. So, I mean, he goes back to his island. He's really sad. We get a, a montage of... Well, actually, the montage that I alluded to earlier was supposed to be a montage of him going to the other towns and not finding anybody there. So that fills my montage quota. So we, we just see him being sad on his island for a while. A and, montage uh, of him being sad would be pretty fun, though. You know what? <laughs> him being sad in one place, him being sad <laughs> in another wrong. place. <laughs> him being sad, going to the tree where the birds were, looking up, being sad about the birds being gone, going to his jet ski, being sad about how he can't yell, he A, can't yell at people off of it anymore, and B, he can't go back to the villa, to the village and apologize to people. Yeah, there's a, there's definitely a montage uh, just, just waiting right there. So we get a montage there again. Um... And it's at this point that he thinks, you know what, maybe I should figure out what's going on. Like, it's really weird that everybody is not in all of my uh, villages that I have. Does he have, like, a, a, a phone? I mean, he is a telecom mobile mogul. He is, but in an ironic twist of fate, he no longer has service uh, <laughs> on his island. Thanks oh, for clearing no. up that loophole. <laughs> no problem. This so, is loophole. So he is, <laughs> he he goes back into the town. He buys a newspaper, and like it's it's uh, uh it's kind of old because there aren't people there anymore. But there's no mention of like some sort of global uh like apocalypse event or like uh uh 
uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? Rapture, rapture yeah. event sort of happening. So he goes to one one of the neighboring villages, and there are there are people there. Hmm. And this is very curious. Um, and eventually, in a graceful way that I don't have the skill to to, to explain right now, he figures <laughs> out what's happened. He. Although he has had this change of heart, and although he's become a better person, nobody knows that. And so everybody, <laughs> oh, okay. everybody, like all the people that lived in this villa, the, all these villas, basically all got together and they're like, you know what? Fuck this Nicholas Cage guy. He's an asshole. So you know what? Let's all just leave and uh, start a new village somewhere else. <laughs> and so that's what they've that's what they've up and done as one does as, as one does if the village like, asshole is mean and disappears you just go and make another village without him yeah it's it's strange that they decided to do this right after he disappeared <laughs> well they didn't see they didn't know that he disappeared that, on that, them. that night that night that he came back drunk on his plane was kind of a tipping point because like he hit up all of his regular cities and he was like much more of an asshole than usual and this isn't your regular village asshole this is like a super rich guy so yeah we get it he's 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 got a lot of power he holds a lot of sway in all those places um and so yeah they've they've often often gone established a new village and uh he figures out where it is and in a beautiful moment, he goes there, and everybody is really unhappy to see him, and they all kind of gang up and are about to kill him. In oh a, wow, in that's, a gruesome, that's extreme. In a gruesome way, um, but just as that's about <laughs> about to happen, these these three beautiful birds <laughs> come flying into the scene and land on him. And uh, the, that doesn't happen with assholes. That doesn't happen with assholes. The village people are, are so moved by this moment that they realize, well, wait a second. If this guy was such an asshole, these birds totally wouldn't have just flown in here and landed on him. So you know what? Maybe we'll give him a chance to explain himself. <laughs> and so we get this beautiful moment in the closing moments of the movie where Nicolas Cage uh, gives a a tour de force monologue about oh, yeah. how how twisted his priorities were how money all got to his head it rotted his brain and it turned him into a monster and he'd had this this beautiful moment after crashing his jet ski in a tragic jet ski accident and landing in a tree where these birds had landed in his mouth and he had had all these memories uh, of the the jerky things that he had done over the course of his life. And he realized that what he had done was wrong. And he wanted to make it right. <laughs> Please not, leave that in. I am not editing that out. That's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Please leave that in. <laughs> But in any case, uh, after this impassioned apology and <laughs> and the power of the birds, the village people see that he's just a he's just a broken man who was who was uh, taken over by uh, lust and greed and oh. turned into this monster. And so they find it in their beautiful hearts to forgive him, and they welcome him back. 
yeah. and everybody lives happily ever after the end. <laughs> so the village people basically say our new island is like a YMCA. It's fun to stay, and you're welcome here too. It's fun to stay at the Nick Cage Newtown. It's fun to stay at the yeah. That's yeah, exactly what happens. Let's ship it. Let's ship it. Oh man, that was the most poignant truck horn I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, the, the only bone that I'm gonna pick with it is that his uh, end monologue is just uh-huh. a summary of the entire movie you just watched. Yeah, it's it's kind of a preachy movie. I'm, and it I'm has not that gonna... weird that weird horn at the end of it too. <laughs> That that's the sound of all of the villagers and Nick Cage's hearts growing three sizes at the end of the speech. Yeah, and it's a beautiful thing. Oh man, that was that was good. I think that the, the we needed a modern version, um, a modern tropical version of, <laughs> and not Christmas related version of of the wait, what's that? The Christmas Carol. <laughs> the Christmas Carol. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a yeah. story that definitely hasn't been told enough. <laughs> yeah, there haven't been enough adaptations of it yet. Well, Nick Cage hasn't done one. Well, maybe he has, but I don't think he's done one. <laughs> has he done more than one? Maybe. As of twenty <laughs> as of twenty twenty two, he will have had one more. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where's um, <laughs> where's Jim Carrey and uh, Kevin Bacon in this one? Oh, uh, did they play the birds? <laughs> uh no andy circus does the the mocap for all the birds uh jim carrey is the pilot uh, of the plane and kevin bacon is the mayor of the new village he was nice. he was like a a prominent uh activist in one of the villages that he lived in and he becomes the mayor of the new village all right i was on the fence Perfect. there but i i think it's ship worthy now pulled it out all right. Yeah, so we're shipping it off. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, and we have some news. Have yeah. News? Well, I mean, kind of. It's not really news so much as just doing something that we should have been doing all along. We're announcing mm-hmm. next week's episode right yeah. now. Yeah. So that y'all can get hyped for it. Good. Yeah. And that theme is drum roll, please. Action comedy. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> that buildup was. <laughs> wow. I kind of thought that maybe we would like coordinate it, and I'll say it at the same time. But I, I mean, you've you got totally the radio voice, what we were Jacob. Doing. Fair enough. Fair enough. And you didn't uh, even use it. My bad. I'll work on that. Yeah, let's try it again. No. No. Uh, I, no. You Action can... comedy. Okay. Comedy, that, comedy, that comedy, 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 comedy. <laughs> well, you can email us at info at pitchhunt.org, Luke at pitchhunt.org, Will at pitchhunt.org, and Jacob with a K at pitchhunt.org. Stay find pitchy. Us on, find us on social media. Let's not at, forget about that. Yeah, at oh, yeah. pitch underscore hunt. And our and, website. Which you already mentioned is pitchhunt.org. Yep, I blanked on that. <laughs> um, stay pitchy. Also, also, A, stay pitchy. B, uh, subscribe. Uh, yeah, leave oh us yeah. A, rate, leave, us a, leave us a rating in the comments. 
even if you don't like it, but preferably if you do like it, uh, tell your friends, tell your wife, tell your husband, tell yeah. your kids, yes. tell your tell your great grandma that you haven't talked to in 17 years, and stay pitchy. Tell stay Kevin pitchy. Bacon. We love you. We love you. We heart you. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh,